Hi everyone, welcome to episode 17 of the Planet K2 Performance Fix podcast. It's really exciting today, I'm with a double Olympic champion, I'm with Helen Glover. Helen, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Brilliant. Um, I just thought it'd be really interesting, before we start, um, if you could just sort of introduce yourself, just tell people a bit about what you're up to at the moment, it'd be great to, to hear what you're doing. Uh, well, if you hear um, a burbling in the background, it's because my seven-month-old uh, son is is just sat at my feet. But um, yeah, so motherhood is the newest thing for me. Okay. Um, before that, since the Rio Olympics, I've been kind of um, doing a few challenges and some sort of physical um, challenges away from rowing, um, a lot of traveling. And yeah, Logan is the, the latest change in my life. Oh, amazing. Well, I've, like I said, I've seen some amazing things on Instagram and it seems like you've been doing some incredible stuff. I'm sure it must be um, difficult trying to get back into training and things like that. So how's that been? Yes, it's definitely one of the things which, I mean, I realised how much I take my own time for granted before I could just choose when to train in the day mm-hmm. and walk out the house and do it. Um, it's, it's done two things. It's made training more difficult because I don't have the time to, but it's also made training more focused because... I am really lucky the gym I go to has a crash on site and you can book him in for an hour. And so that's the time I have in the day to train, really. Sure. So in that hour, I'm much I'm really, really focused because oh, I don't have the luxury of taking two hours over it and meandering through it. You know, I really have to use that hour. And then if I'm lucky or if Steve's home, my husband, he might take him and I might do something else. But yeah, really, the thing I rely on is having that hour. Um, and definitely when I was, sort of, you know, straight straight away after birth, it was just brilliant to have that, that mental break and that time mm-hmm. where I was just not having to think about anything other than just picking up a heavy object and putting it back down. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, like I said, it all sounds amazing. It's great to see that you're still being able to maintain that as well. So t- today we wanted to focus on the um, the topic of coaching. We know that coaching is really important to a lot of people. And for some people um, who aren't being coached um, and who are considering the value of using coach, it'll be great to sort of get your views. I'm an Olympic champion on how um, the coaching relationship works um, in the world of sports. So just want to start with the first question. How important were coaches for you in your career as you got started in rowing? And then as you progressed um, to an Olympic champion? Well, I mean, this could be the longest podcast in the world because I could talk <laughs> about this forever. I'm the hugest advocate for coaches because I've been so fortunate to have some of the best coaches, I think, in the world coach me through my athletic career. But also since I was tiny, my love of sport was born through amazing coaches being, um, you know, at the centre of my training. Um most recently our coach Robin who coached us to the Rio and London Olympic um well Olympic and World Championships um I, I just attribute and you know openly whenever I can will attribute so much of our success to him um down to when I was starting sport as a youngster my coach my first running coach Pete Meredith he was the one who put time and invested time and effort into me and even though there are very different levels and very different scales it's that same thing it's that same investment of time which has been I think the key to any success that I've had Mm -hmm. and in terms of the the specific value what specific value did you get from the coaches you worked with in terms of the, the rate of your progress 
I mean, there's the obvious expertise in terms of, you know, working with specialists and their expert knowledge being far beyond mine. So the way I got into rowing was quite unique. I never sat in a rowing boat before I was 21. I got to 2008, so four years before London 2012, and um, got into rowing through a talent ID scheme. Um, so my knowledge was zero, absolutely nothing. So having uh, my first coach, Paul, who had this wealth of knowledge and information, I was just soaking it up like a sponge. And so on a very practical level, I was literally learning something new every day. And then on another level, I think what the coach brings is this this enthusiasm. And, and it's really rare to have somebody investing in you as a person. I think I feel really lucky. And, you know, when you think about it, it's often things are very selfish in life and people are looking out for themselves. But if you have a coach that you're working with who cares about you and your performance, that's somebody who's investing their time, effort and energy in you. And I think that if you can find that in someone, then you should, you should really grasp that. Mm -hmm. And in terms of coaching yourself, did you find that the coach were useful in terms of emotional support or was it more you said, you know what, I'm just using them for, for technical support or tactical support? How did you view that? Yeah, well, definitely the further our relationship developed, the more it was definitely an emotional support. So by the time I got to an Olympic final, it was just this total, all-encompassing, well-rounded relationship um, where actually so much of me, my performance, but also myself and my state of mind um, hinged on... Robin, our coach, I would say that he was that hinge point between my rowing partner, Heather, myself, and the performance in the boat. And yes, that was technical, but especially the, the more the pressure came on, so the closer we got to race day, we've worked for four years on the technique. Hmm. Um, coming up to race day, we're not going to change that. It's the emotional state of mind that's going to be the difference between whether you win or lose the race. And so um, being able to discuss openly anything with our coach, being able to talk to him about how we're feeling, um, not just on race day, but in, in training situations. Um, we had a really open relationship where I think the trust was, the trust was so fundamental that if, if someone came into training and said, Oh, I don't feel very well, there was never a, a doubt or, you know, questioning someone's commitment. It mm. was, a discussion we could have really openly without frustration um and i would say that the relationship between heather robin and myself was probably well it's definitely one of the most special i've actually witnessed in sport or out of it i think the relationship we had was was really rare but also worked for there's a degree of it being a natural thing that flows between us um but you do have to kind of think about how you're going to make those relationships work as well Sure. And, and I was actually going to lead on to that question. So was there anything that you would do regularly to sort of build those relationships? Absolutely. Yeah, we didn't take them for granted, even though they were there naturally. We would schedule in meetings, both individually and as a, as a three. Um, the individual meetings meant, meant we could air whatever we wanted to with Robin um, and feel, you know, it was just the two of us. And then bringing all three of us together we could talk about anything we wanted to talk about um and just i think constantly communicating i mean i would obviously i mean i often wake up the morning of training and see an email in my inbox sent at one o'clock in the morning because robin had woken up and thought of 
a video he wanted me to watch and just mm. sent it in the middle and you know having that just free-flowing conversation open open door policy of you know anything mm. at all times um was something that we absolutely made sure was there rather than just assumed would be there sean you know this leads on to as well i'm sure you've worked on worked with a lot of different coaches and they've had a lot of different approaches um what's helped you to make the most of the different coaches I think, yeah, really um, exploiting their differences because um, you're you're so right. We've, we, I've worked with several coaches, and I think some of them couldn't be more different. And um, I think appreciating the difference and appreciating that a change can be really good. And you know, sometimes I might not agree or like the way somebody works, but I, but if I invest time in understanding their way of thinking i'll always come out better for it i think you you've got two choices you can either go okay i'll i'll use this to develop myself as a character i'll use this to develop myself technically or i can just spend this time thinking i disagree i'm going to be stubborn and i'm not going to listen to you and you don't actually get anything from that um and I've been, like I say, really lucky that each coach has brought something to my rowing and to me as a person um, that's been helpful. Sure. And, and it's great to see to see how you, you just spoke about sort of embracing change. And I guess I, I'm interested in terms of difficult conversations. How would you often handle those with some coaches? Because we know some would have different approaches. Um, so if those conversations came up and you found them quite challenging, was there a way that you would learn um, to deal with them or manage them? Yeah, I think um, understanding as much as you can about the other person's character was really important because I know there were some coaches that I could come up to and um, in that moment have a really well articulated conversation, a very level discussion and walk away feeling hurt. And I knew there were other coaches that I could approach, say something to, not have the response that I wanted, go away feeling extremely frustrated but actually, within time, that coach would then come back to you maybe the next day after and have digested what you've said and come back and kind of had the conversation you wanted to at the beginning. And so I think going into going into those conversations, if it was a difficult discussion that needed to be had, kind of being open to this might not be solved right here, right now. This might just be the start of a discussion. Um, and if tomorrow, if next week, we carry on this discussion, great. I think that that was something I learned quite a lot because I think to begin with, I would actually get quite frustrated if I felt like I wasn't heard or someone hadn't agreed with me. I would find that really annoying. Mm. Whereas I think at the end of my career, I just thought I found myself thinking more, okay, they have their opinion I think if we if we both listen to each other, we'll find a mutual agreement. I I, I kind of became a little bit more uh, laid back about the immediacy of having to have those important conversations dealt with. Mm. And I really like your your sort of approach in terms of getting to know the coach and their characteristics and their personality, and sort of shows you how important um, that actually is in terms of the relationship. I'm interested in terms of um, racing and competition. Um, did your relationship change in any way and um, between those two um, in terms of coaches providing support? Yeah, totally, totally. I think in the day-to-day um, training, it was just actually a really 
a really enjoyable relationship, which was very much back and forth. Um, you know, with, with Paul, my first rowing coach, and with Robin, who took us to the Olympics, um, both were really open to feedback on their own coaching. Both were open to feedback on which training sessions we did, how we felt. Um, you know, they would they would provide the information, but we were enjoying the process of training together. When um, we got closer to competition, I think the focus shifted more. And I would say we, I definitely used Robin and used Paul as more of a crutch, an emotional crutch for someone I could turn to, someone I could go to um, for reassurance. Whereas during training, I would often go to them and for, with suggestions and I'd go to them with how I was feeling and, mm. and um, what I think we should do the next day and um, all my ideas and what I'd read online. And that totally, that side shut down when I, you know, I'd done that bit. I had done my diligence of what I needed to do to be prepared. Come racing, I think I, I needed the coach there as that, as that, fundamental part of my foundations of what makes me solid and mm. gives me that platform on the start line that I know is in place and is there anything that you did or you had to focus on in order to ensure that you were getting the most out of those coaches oh good question yeah I mean I think I think the fact that my coaches one of the best things I think would be that they did constantly question themselves and ask us to ask questions of them um you know i would often i mean especially when I, I i felt i sensed the olympics getting closer i would often challenge the coaches and i would say i know you thought we had a good session i think we can do better i want you to be harder i want you to be harder on us i want you to be tougher on us and actually i think robin would laugh because I, I was very much the um the kind of i would push things probably more than even the coach would i would we we really kind of represented very different personality traits. Heather would often be the one that that would be happy to be content with the process, trust the process, and trust Robin's opinion of the process. I would probably be the one that questioned everything, always assumed we weren't good enough, always assumed we needed to do more. And so Robin had a really difficult task of re almost reeling me in and keeping Heather on task at the same time. Sure. Um, so. Yeah, it was it was a really a really interesting way of kind of making sure we worked optimally together. Sure, and you, and you mentioned there about you wanted your coach to push you more, and, and then you also had um, your your relationship with your other teammates. In terms of managing that, how did you find that in relation to you know maybe um, they wanted a, a different type of support and you wanted a certain type of support? How would you manage that in terms of relationship with the coach, and how do you think they got the best out of you from that perspective? Honestly, I would say that's one of the things that Robin did best. So he recognised very early on that Heather and I, no matter how much on the surface we're best of friends and very similar, what we require, what we need emotionally and technically and practically are very, very different. He didn't treat us like the same person. So um, in training sessions, he would use different tones of voice with us. He would use different technical terms with us. He would put different pressures on us in come racing he would provide different emotional support to each of us he was very forward thinking in that which is really difficult when mm. probably 80 percent of our conversations are as a three he he really took the time to make sure that 20 percent was there the 20 percent where um it was one-on-one -on -one with him because that's when he could really make sure he was 
doing an assessment on where we are. Are we okay? Are we on task? Is our head in the right place? Mm. Um, but I think that from the beginning, he worked really hard to recognize those differences with us as individual athletes in the same boat. Sean, and I guess it's fascinating how he sort of worked that relationship. I want to know, is there any advice you would give to people about um, how to become someone who coaches, actually enjoy coaching and working with? So in some ways, becoming more coachable. Yeah, I mean, I think that I've I've often um, had feedback about being coachable. And I think there's a couple of things in that. I think that one is that if someone is good at picking up on things, if someone's getting things quickly, it's obviously as a coach, you're getting constant kind of stimulation constant positive feedback this person's getting it is exciting even i even see it with my you know my little seven month old if you're teaching him something and he gets it it's more exciting than when he doesn't get it mm. you know <laughs> so i think as a coach somebody who's responsive is great but at the same time that's not something that you can i mean if everybody's trying as hard as they can you can't do that any better. I think the the other thing which people can have an effect on and can change is their engagement with the coach. So I think as a coach, if you are trying to get a point across or if you're trying to engage with somebody and there feels like there's a brick wall or that person just isn't buying into your idea or just if you feel like they're not fully engaged in the process, I think that coach will disengage quite quickly. It's mm. very difficult to stay to stay engaged in a process that you're not part of. Whereas I think being coachable means bringing the coach into your project, making sure that when you cross the line first, this is much of a win for them and as, as it was for you. Mm. Um, you know, being having absolute ownership of, in, our, in my case, it was our performance, but in in a business, it could be in your, you know, in your outcome. It's making sure that anybody who has a say or has a part has a real ownership over the result um so i think being coachable is absolutely making sure that your coach is is part of you and part of your project hmm. well, it's, it's, it's amazing and it's, it's great to see sort of all the different things you've learned and, and sort of you see and you want in a coach uh, and talking about that in terms of qualities and um, what qualities did you really value in a coach that you think other people should be on the lookout for when selecting a coach and, and that can be sort of inside and outside of sport i'd say number one top of the list would be passion get some choose someone who's passionate over the quality of the gym or their track record or anything like that if you have someone who is going to wake up at one in the morning and send you an email that's the person you want um so yeah i'd say the top top thing has to be passion the second thing has to be that they are informed so the passion is then directed into telling you the right thing. <laughs> um, and I'd say the third thing would be somebody who has uh, who is invested. So someone who will spend the time, um, who absolutely will bother to read the article or read the email you've sent them or uh, things like that. So, yeah, passionate, informed and invested, I would say, would be the three things. I love that. Three simple things for, uh, for us to look out for. And, and finally, if you were a coach, what would be your most useful attribute and why? Oh, probably my determination. I think that I would... I wouldn't want to let something lie. I, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist because I'm definitely not a perfectionist in any other realm of my life. You should see my bedroom. It's an absolute tip. But 
in terms of rowing, I, I sort of become a perfectionist. And I think that, um, yeah, my determination, I think, I, yeah, I, w- I would constantly strive for something as, as a coach. I'd want, I'd want to see, um, to see that in my athletes, I think. Sure. Well, amazing. Well, Helen, it's been unbelievable um, to get your insight into coaching um, and it's great to sort of learn all the different lessons. And I mean, I've taken away so much information and I'm, I'm confident our listeners have, and I'm sure we could chat about this topic um, for hours and hours. Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to um, say if people wanted to sort of follow you, where's the best place of doing that? Is it Instagram? Is it Twitter? Um, what's the best? Yeah, person? both Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Helen Glover GB, so I'm quite easy to find. Okay, awesome, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your insight. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you, and uh, thank you uh, to everyone for listening. And hopefully, we'll be back over the next few weeks with our latest podcast.